You are listening to The Sauna Show, a podcast that explores new ways to combat modern life and reclaim your health and vitality. My name is Sebastian Miro and I'm the CEO of Clearlight Saunas International and a passionate entrepreneur and health enthusiast. I'm sitting down with scientists, holistic health practitioners and change makers in the wellness space to talk about all things detox, health and happiness. So welcome to the show, Megan. So excited to have you finally on our show. And um, I would love if you would, could talk a little bit how you got all, all into this, this realm of food and, um, you know, and health and I guess you know, having, having quite an enterprise around the whole topic and then bringing, bringing that to the wider world also through books and all sorts of things. But how did you actually get into it? Um, I grew up on an organic farm. So I always grew up around food. Mum and dad were market gardeners. And they used to go, grow organically, but they used to actually sell their produce as regular produce, conventional produce, um, because oh. organics was not very, um, yeah, it wasn't very popular at the time. Actually, as a kid, I did eat outside of the house lots of things that weren't good for me, and I ended up quite a sick child. So I've spent oh. quite a good portion of my life unwell. Um, and just know the power of food to heal and the power of food to harm. So that's sort of where I come from with it. And just as a kid, having all those foods that, um, you know, desiring all these foods that were terribly bad for me um, and wanting, you know, with my company, trying to make food that is good for you, really desirable as well. So it's really, that was the emphasis is to, to no one mistake our company as a, a health food store cabinet of food like it needed to be just as appealing as you know the top place down the road so that you know it wouldn't be you don't come to our place because you just want something different you just come to our you know to my cafe and eat our products because they're good and then I went to university and did environmental science um And I really wanted to, with that, to help people. And I soon realized that I couldn't, I wasn't really going to make much of a difference with that. And throughout the thread of all my life, through the flats that I lived in, through the places, you know, places I'd traveled and places, people I'd worked with, I was always influencing them with the food that I made. So that, and so eventually I was like, oh shit, okay. I need to go and do something with this. And so I went and worked for minimum wage as a chef. Um, so I went and worked in the food industry and then worked with normal food and got really sick again. Um, and there's, there was no, at the time, there was no really good places um, that I could go and work at that served whole foods. And I wanted to do a great job of what I was doing. I didn't want to go and work in somewhere that just made you know spinach muffins and I wanted to learn culinary arts so that I could apply that to healthy food so yeah and then I got really sick and um, through that process and thought oh gosh I've really made a wrong turn here I thought everything was pointing me in the direction of making food and now I'm well and truly depressed and feeling like I epically failed and eventually through that process I didn't work for around two years I was so unwell and then uh, I went to I think it was Brian Clement's talk in London mm -hmm. and that was quite extreme 
and I didn't go and do that, do the protocols um, that they were recommending. Which is, it's quite an extreme one. When you say that, you mean like it's, it's a lot of green, what is it, not green juices, but actually wheatgrass juice, all raw, that type of thing. Yeah, all raw. And, you know, they were even talking about the blender um, damaging the food. You know, like yeah. it was really like a, um, a an extreme a yeah. extreme version of of raw as well. I eventually started incorporating more more of that, and I eventually started to get my energy um, energy back, and things started to look a lot better for me. And so, Little Bird sort of comes out of that experience, and just my real desire, you know, my original desire of trying to create food that made people feel good, feel nourished and just inspire people to go and do that themselves at home. I think when I found Little Bird, I, I thought you were a raw food restaurant. That's, that's what it was to that, you know, and a really good one, of course, and, and you know, quite a few superfoods and, you know, really, really quite unusual, but really, really healthy additions to the, what you normally see as ingredients. But would you call yourself still, or have you ever called yourself a raw food restaurant or is it actually a different, or do you don't have a really a term for, what do you have, for, for who you are? Well, I think originally, like all the product, all the packaged products that we do are, at, you know, activated and dried for several days so and, and sprouted as well. So we make sprouted buckwheat cereals and things. So we, all our products were always raw and they still are. I think um, the market sort of changed quite a, a lot. Um, a lot of competition came into the market. Um, it's heavily labor intensive to do 100% raw in a commercial setting. And I think the best raw food in a way is the food you make at home. So I, the gourmet raw on a regular basis is very rich. And so it, what to me that I was wanted to make food that made people feel good. And I didn't find that the gourmet raw stuff over and over and over again, it was more like a treat. Um, if you were on a raw diet, um, yeah, it, did, it wasn't providing the health benefits that I, you know, had received from the sort of raw food I'd been making at home. Yeah, yeah. So um, are you still sort of hooked on, on particular diets that you think are beneficial or would you, would you distance yourself from any diet and actually say like what I've created is something quite different and I wouldn't call it a diet or anything like that, it's just a, something else? Yeah, it's definitely not a, a diet, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I call it like a lifestyle. Um, so it's, you know, it's sort of a, a way of eating, a way of being. Um, and I, it, I don't think there is necessarily one diet that's right or wrong. Um, we're a plant-based restaurant and I really believe in, uh, in having a very low um, animal you know, input diet, and we have a purely plant-based diet. But I, you know, I'm very um, wary of the of being too rigid and saying this is right and wrong, and and you know, everyone is so different, and everyone is at a different place along the way. And if I can help encourage people to have more plant-based meals and more whole foods meals and add raw meals into their diet then that's a much better place to be than being rigid and kind of offensive to different groups of people. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the observations that you have made when people actually go on 
what you know, the way that that your restaurant pro, pro, restaurant provides food, and then also what a junk food diet of that same style would do to people. Like, have you observed anything around? Yeah, that? yes, definitely. Um, I think what um, I mean, I think it's sort of obvious with the junk food diet. It it just doesn't last you know, and then you can feel okay for a little while. You might have cut out some foods that weren't serving you, um, but essentially all of those highly processed foods will end up, unless you've got an incredible, you know, there is the odd person that just they can put anything in their body and they seem to be okay. Um, mm. But but generally, um, you know, we put on weight, the skin will get worse, just the energy it's like that dulls, that sort of food eventually dulls you. There's not enough vitality in it. And I feel like we sit in a middle ground where our food is really nourishing. It's um, with all the fermentation and sprouting things that we do, it's easy to digest, but also really satisfying. People tend to not, um, a lot of, we have a lot of customers that have been coming for for the entire time that we've been open on a very regular basis yeah. and you know they really miss what we do when they go away because there is this real focus for me to create meals that really satisfy people so you're not hankering for something else in the afternoon you're just mm -hmm. really satisfied because you've had a wide range of nutrients that is easy, easy to digest and it's really filling um and that, that's kind of what we specialize. And then we have all our amazing green smoothies and juices and stuff. So you can have that really bright sort of vital raw food in there as well um, to, yeah, sort of, it's, it's kind of nice balance of, of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you don't mind, can you point out to me what, what would be a typical junk food, health food that you would think like long-term, it's not really great to, to you know, live on? I think I mean the processed the processed fake meats um, really right. yeah really quite difficult to digest. It's a fun thing to have. So you know if you're going out for a burger or um, you know it's fun. Those things are fun and to have as on an occasional thing that it's not really it's not something you want to put in on a regular basis. I think you would find when you're having that kind of food on a regular basis, you would notice congestion. And a lot of those processed meats often get fried. Um, so it's the fried foods and the, um, it's the fried foods and the, the fake meats, I think, that um, people see them, don't sort of equate um, what that might be doing to your body and how, how hard that might be to digest. And that's what I always come back to is how, how hard is something to digest? Um, mm. how long is it taking not that things need to be everything needs to be fast otherwise you're yeah. just addicted to a high um, <laughs> but you know there is that sort of balance there and, and something you notice between having activated nuts versus unactivated nuts and you know they're just everything just sits better and it's for me it's that process of getting to know your body and trialing foods and just really noticing what it does does in your body energetically and and then sort of developing a diet that works from you from there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the relationship between emotions and, and food is so big. And I remember like when when I was 
you know, quite, quite high raw, raw, like I would click with the people that were between 90 and 100% raw, yeah, oh, I mean, 98 was sort of like, you know, the optimum because it was always a little bit in, and you know, anything else below that, yeah, those are different people talking about segmentation that you mentioned before, right? You know, that's just crazy doing that. But um, I, I think what, what I found is that after a while, you just move away from, from these extremes and just find something that works for you. And it's often simple, right? So I, I think I can probably find something in almost any supermarket, get the sprouts, get the, I don't know, the organic seaweed, and you just put something really simple in there and it so somehow works. And, you know, I'm certainly not saying when it comes, not saying when it comes to eating. But I remember when I was raw foodist, I was thinking the Ministry of Health should really make this mandatory that this is the way food should be and everyone everyone will be happy and um, that leads me sort of like to a really important question because if i look around a lot of diseases seem to originate from lifestyle which has a lot to do with what we put into our body and what we don't put into our body and i think that responsibility of well, the, the effect of, of, of getting that one wrong or right is, is so tremendous that I wonder, like, have you ever thought about how to, I don't know, how to fix it or just how to get us, our society on, on track of actually using food as our medicine? Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think for me with the business, um, that's essentially what we wanted to do with the business, just provide, um, you know, that's why we do the books um, and even <laughs> exist in the first place. Um, so that we can, you know, show people what that could look like. But I think for me, longer term, um, that's really what I want to tackle is um, trying to get some policy around food um, introduced and getting the main... It's actually harder to get a message across now in some ways because of the way people consume media. So everyone's consuming media that sort of is, actually reinforces their current viewpoint. Whereas previously, everyone would just watch the same TV show or read the same paper. Um, so it is harder to sort of get a, a group message across. Um, but in New Zealand, we're small, um, which is great and actually relatively flexible because we don't have really, you know, very long traditions. So I do hold up hope for, for us as a country that eventually through good governance that could help, you know, help get the message across around, around healthy eating um, and what a, you know, a whole foods diet can do for us as a nation, our productivity, reduced healthcare costs. I mean, the reduction in healthcare costs could be you know, transformative on a society in terms of funds available. Um, and you know, and the, the, the stress it creates on families, having people sick, the cost of it, like it's just, uh, you know, it's such a big problem. And I, I think at a governance level, there, there has to be ways of, you know, gradually working towards um, reducing, you know, reducing the, the cost of healthcare through, um, you know, promoting and perhaps subsidizing primary foods like, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables, because it is, a, you know, there is a massive barrier, the cost, um, there is that, the way we emotionally eat, which is, you know, obviously is a little more complicated. Um, but then it isn't, um, you know, for the average person, it, it is expensive, especially in a country like New Zealand that is an island. Um, our, our produce is quite expensive. So yeah. it is a big barrier for, for people to easily have an abundance of that, you know, calorie for calorie. You can get a lot more calories 
out of processed foods um, by, you know, so I, I don't know the ratio, but some very mm. you know, significantly than if you eat, you know, a, a whole foods diet and just education around um, how people do that. I, you know, I think there's a lot there that can be done um, and more people sort of need to be tackling that and focusing at it just purely from a financial perspective, even just the burden of healthcare and the cost of healthcare is just, you know, it's phenomenal. And if we could reduce that um, and reduce the number of people in, in hospitals, I mean, the hospitals are overrun in most countries and the doctors and nurses aren't able to do the job that they would like to do because they have to see so many people. So there's so many, I don't know, there's so many reasons to sort of really focus on that and reduce that. And that's something that I'd like to do eventually is be a part of um, part of making that happen because I think it's, a, it's something that's quite overlooked of how big an impact it could make. And it will take time. You know, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. But I do think in a country like New Zealand, there's, there's the potential for that to happen quicker than perhaps in other places just because of our size. I guess there's... Humans want freedom and, you know, we want freedom in our countries. But if you think about it, there, there are certain reports that get released every year that would tell us the dirty dozen. Those are vegetables or whatever, you know, food products that are known to have pesticides, herbicides and the whole lot in it that are obviously uh, cancer causing or, you know, that not, a lot of studies show that there's certainly something not so good that happens when you eat it. Why on earth would you just inform people and not say, this is actually toxic. This should not be allowed. Therefore, organic farming is the only way you can do when you grow these particular foods that obviously have too many residues to really, you know, cause all sorts of problems. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I wonder, well, is it the lobby? Is it the food lobby that really is the problem? And they, you know, they're big enough to, to stop that or what it is. But it just, that's common sense. And the amount, the, 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 dollar amount that you put against the diseases that come from you know ingesting all these different chemicals must be outweighing easily the benefit that we have of an industry running on that is really not sustainable for the for nature for health and you know for the whole planet side i don't get it it doesn't make much sense to me no i it doesn't make sense and i mean that's a that's a really good point and i grew up you know my parents work in organics and were a part of the original certification body in New Zealand so I come from a, you know if I come from a church it's the church of organics and the importance of um, <laughs> you know not putting chemicals in the environment um, and you know what that does to our, our waterways and you know it's, we can't get away from it once it's there and and how important it is to minimize that um, I, I don't I don't think in New Zealand it's too much to do with lobbies, especially around the vegetables and fruit, um, because I don't many of because um, we export a lot. Uh, our high residue crops previously have had to come down um, because export um, you know, for export because countries wouldn't take them. Um, uh, but I you know in some countries obviously it would be lobbies, but. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it just seems like a, a complicated, controversial um, topic, uh, where that stuff's not really controversial anymore. So I think you know that stuff is, is probably ripe for change in the near future. Can you talk a little bit about the connection between you know our, our consumption habits and and climate change and how you see that that's con actually that can be actually fixed by how people 
you know, shop and, 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 and consume? I, I mean, climate change is such a massive issue and, and it's not one, you know, there's not one thing that's going to, um, you know, yeah. one thing that's going to sort of change change it all, um, mm. but the way we can we consume so many different things, and if we, you know, if we can, especially around food, like it, it's just um, it's incredible to think of the, the billions of people, and if we changed our the way we approached food, what a dramatic change that would make to climate change, mm -hmm. and not you know obviously reducing meat um, meat and dairy. Um, is a big part of that you know there's the science for that um, and especially people living in cities um, you know that is one of the most you know powerful things people in cities can do um, to reduce their impact um, uh, but it's also that's where processed foods too come in if you look at the amount of packaging and the amount of energy that's gone into producing those foods um, mm. and the amount of chemicals etc that goes into that um, you know, over billions of people, there's a phenomenal amount um, of waste of chemicals that are going into the environment that don't need to otherwise. So if we become really specific, and I think I asked you about two things. Um, one is, you know, what do you think in terms of environmental impact? What are the top three things that you would recommend people to take away and, and to try or to focus on? And then the same in terms of getting you know, having a more healthy diet. I know you touched on it, but your top three there as well. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, so I guess my top three on environmental is re reducing or stopping your consumption of dairy products. Um, that actually tends to have more of an environmental impact um, than, than meat. Um, but, and also on our health as well, is, you know, a large portion of the population does not, um, you know, it has an intolerance to dairy. It's very inflammatory, um, and you know, it's just it's, especially if it's not organic. Um, yeah, it, that would be probably one of my that goes in both categories. Um, also, you know, and reducing the consumption of meat obviously has a major impact. I mean, I grew up on a farm. I've been into factory farms um, as a kid, and well, small scale was definitely not like what you see on the movies, but you go into a, you know, factory um, you, with the chickens or the pigs and it's just, it's horrendous. Um, you really don't, do not want to be associated <laughs> with that through your diet. The energy of that is not good. Um, so environmentally, uh, and for me, environmentally, it may not be the big climate change one, but environmentally is choosing organic wherever you can. Um, I really believe, you know, like we talked about, the impact of uh, agrochemicals on our land um, and on our health and on our environment is huge and really uh, quite misunderstood of how big that impact is. Um, so for me, you know, those are probably the sort of two, two major ones um, would be, yeah, for environmental um, change. And then I just think just a general one of, um, consuming a whole lot less of everything um, and you know choosing compostable packaging etc is not always the best choice uh, because there's nowhere to process it and then it ends up in the recycling and then they have to throw out a whole lot of recycling because um, you know like tons and tons of recycling because people are putting the compostable packaging into the recycling so it's just it's not that clean it's still a very messy area 
um, mm. around packaging, but reducing packaging, whatever it's made of, is a good thing, and just reducing mm. your consumption. Um, and then for health, I would say um, my top one is usually always greens. Add in, add in green smoothies, add in green juice, um, just eat fresh, eat a lot of fresh food. It significantly changes how you feel, especially around greens and a diverse range of greens. So not just eating one type of lettuce, eat herbs, eat wild greens, grow sprouts, grow microgreens. Like there's a lot of ways of making it easy to add in fresh and um, nutrient rich greens and sprouts and microgreens into your diet that, that doesn't need to be expensive. Most of us can grow a few herbs and pots. We can all grow sprouts on our bench. And microgreens take a little another step, but still they're pretty, pretty damn easy as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and they make a big difference. They're like little powerhouses of nutrition, all of those microgreens and the sprouts. But there's just something about fresh green food I mean, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of <laughs> information on why that's good, but it, it's more like a feeling, you know, don't worry too much about always about the science of why something's good. It's just feeling it and knowing that it's, yeah. you know, yep. so good for you. Um, so that, and then for me would be fermenting. Uh, fermentation has made a big difference to my, my gut health and has made my gut so much more robust. And I notice it in other people as well. It makes it easier to digest all sorts of foods and get more nutrients out of your food by having a healthy gut. And it's, a, it's quite a cheap, easy, and quite fun way um, to, to, you know, to improve your health. Uh, it's, mm. there, there's so many things you can make yourself. I mean, it's so, easy to, um, it's so easy to make your own sauerkraut. Um, and if you want to try making kefir or kombucha or any of those things, but really... Really, it's more on the vegetable ferments where you're going to get the best um, best results. And then uh, I guess the the third one would just be just that thing. Come, it's not a specific food, but um, coming back to whole foods and trying to eat food in its whole form as much as you can, mm. and really getting in. And I mean, over in that whole um, in the the health health side of it, I think the most important thing is actually taking responsibility for your health and not reading something on a page and go, well, they said that's right. I'm feeling a bit sick, Um, you know, two weeks after (laughs) continuously doing this. um, Maybe that's not a detox effect. That is, you know, that might be that your body doesn't tolerate tomatoes or whatever it might be. Um, But it's really developing a relationship with yourself and getting to know your body and not, you know, learn things. I mean, I love going out and learning new things and listening to things that sort of challenge my, you know, my ideas of what looks, looks healthy and um, what I may think is right. And it's great to challenge, challenge the ideas that you have and try new things, but um, yeah, own, own your health and own your life and don't try and, you know, outsource that to, 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 to a practitioner or to some pages in a book. Um, own that and make that your experience and if you're working with a practitioner work with them you know don't get them to do the work for you you know it's a it's sort of a two-way street before we wrap wrap up i just have a couple of questions that i ask every guest um the first one is 
do you what are your favorite three things to do at the moment like what does or let's let's rephrase it what what are the three things that get you out of bed every every morning i mean i love our business that's definitely what gets me out of bed um i love what it does and what it what we do for people and the people that work for us i mean it really is you know it's it's the hardest thing um that i've ever done and probably will ever do um uh, it's you know we've been in business almost 10 years now and it's certainly had lots of ups and downs but it's the greatest learning experience i've ever had and you know certainly the customers and the, and the staff that we have and yeah uh, definitely it, it get me out of bed it's you know it's a great gift to be able to have that experience of running a business um that's yeah a challenge and just such a gift mm. can you think about one fun thing that at the moment sort of on your on your agenda that you look forward to just a fun thing like i love going in the oh, actually my greatest joy at the moment is hoji cha um hoji cha is roasted uh, roasted tea um so it's oh, roasted yeah. tea leaves and um i found it in the powdered form so hoji cha drinks um, that's honestly <laughs> It's so small, but so exciting for me. Is it, um, is it this twig, twig tea? Is that what it is? Well, it's a little no. bit like twig tea. I think there's twigs and leaves that have been roasted. So it's a bit like bancha tea, but it's the twigs and the leaves. And yeah, I'm I'm obsessed. It's my new new favorite thing. You can use it in desserts um, and, and smoothies. And it makes a really delicious, like iced, you know, with almond milk, it makes a delicious latte, etc. Great. Just my new favorite thing but swimming at swimming in the sea is probably actually one of my favorite things last question um last question um it's a bit of like a philosophical maybe um what do you think why do humans exist why do we have this experience why do why do we exist but it's also really fundamental right like i don't want to know that and you know i do need a concept to exist like i really need to have that concept in my mind constantly to actually feel grounded enough so i believe that everyone has something yeah yeah i don't know why we exist i ask this question all the time i think it's just to have an experience i think it's yep. always it's never about achieving anything i think the goals never matter i think the goals are just a means to an experience so I think yeah. it's just to experience experience emotion um, in a way. I think that's a big part of the human experience is to, yeah, experience emotion within this body. And I think that's probably the uniqueness of being maybe human um, in comparison to other species is that combination of the mental and the emotional and it's sort of, and then the spiritual. But, I, you know, I think, it, I think an animal has a spiritual experience. I think it's just the combination together and mm. just how emotional we are is just, um, you know, it's kind of phenomenal. So it's just, yep. yeah, I think it's really, really about having those experiences and experiencing emotion. And I mean, that's why I love the business so much because it provides me with so much challenge and, you know, it's constantly um, giving me that feedback. I can't get stuck in anything because it really kicks you in the face if you're, <laughs> If you're, if you're not dealing with any of your any of your stuff it becomes very apparent yeah the business is your dojo eh? I, I, I see it that way too yeah it's really real really real it's very real and it's very challenging and you know we have we had about 85 staff at one stage and we're down to around 50 at the moment 
um, and just interacting with all those humans, having their experience as well. It's like the endless, endless surprises wow. yeah. and endless yeah, challenges, yeah. which is, yeah, and that's for me what I think my human experience is. It's just, yeah, um, really being challenged and trying not to get lost in, in the emotional experience and really, um, yeah, trying to get across, you know, the beauty of what we do and the joy that that brings people. Um, yeah. Yeah, for me, for me at the moment, it's really about uh, finding joy, joy in the everyday and joy in the business and, and seeing the joy that it brings other customers and, and the team. And, and that, yeah, that for me is probably something I'm focused on at the moment and finding that that's, that's a great part of the human experience. Hey, um, thank you so much for coming on, on the show. I look forward to see you, see you guys soon. Yeah, yeah, anytime. So I hope to have you back and see how you're doing. In, in in the future at one stage but um yeah th thanks for making time i really really think there was a lot for our listeners and to to learn and see that angle and and you know obviously sharing your path it was just yeah it was really special thank you so much yeah cool thanks Sebastian. guys thank you so much for listening to the sauna show my name is sebastian mirau and this episode was sponsored by clearlight jacuzzi saunas the world's leading provider of superior quality full spectrum infrared saunas You can find more information and resources for this podcast at thesaunashow.com, all one word, or on Instagram at thesaunashow. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with friends. Until next time, have the best day ever.